Well, good morning, uh, Hills Church, family, friends, wherever you're watching this, uh, we wanna say good morning. And as a church, uh, we are still gathering. If you were expecting me to have a guitar or a keyboard this morning to, to lead in worship, that's not gonna happen. But I do wanna stop first and for all of us to remember that we are the church, that we are the body uh, of, of Christ, and there's many members, many churches all across the world that are having to adapt. And some have met last night, some have met this morning. I was watching as many as I could this morning, just commenting, just to encourage them. So if we could first stop and let's pray for the church uh, in general, because we know this, at every time in every season and in, in everything you go through the Bible, God is always on the move. So Father, uh, we stop this morning, and Lord, we pray for every church and every ministry that they will be strengthened within, and we remember that our primary role is in the preaching of the word. So Lord, my prayer in my heart today for all of these churches and ministries that they preach your word, that ears hear, that hearts are encouraged and that we all see and live by faith. In these days, let us see and live by faith. Let our hunger be for your word, for your truth. And so we honor you in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, say it with me, uh, amen. So I thought of a few things. Um, you can uh, follow along with me in your Bible or if you're uh, reading your Bible on a computer or a tablet or a phone, turn to Psalm 23. I'll get there in just a minute. Psalm 23. I want to look at those six verses today. You know, almost every church, think about this, possibly around the world, has had to change the way that we minister. We typically have services, events throughout the week, but at this time or this pause, notice that nothing has stopped. In fact, it almost seems like things have increased where pastors and leaders are having to stop and reevaluate how we can do what? Preach the gospel, get the gospel out, the truth out to everyone. Think about this, in about just about two weeks, every church has had to improvise, adapt, and overcome. And while it might seem energizing trying to get the word out and to call people, it also can be exhausting as well too. So we pray for all of those leaders reaching out to everyone. But this reminds me of the early church that in the book of Acts, if you read the book of Acts, you read about the power of the church. And in the book of Acts, they were meeting house to house. They encouraged one another. They broke bread with one another, and we read over and over again that the word of God increased in their hearts. So my prayer in this quick pause, uh, regardless of how many weeks, one, two, three, that this might be uh, how we minister, that in every house, wherever you may be uh, watching or listening to this, that God is moving and that he is increasing in our lives. Have you ever considered the possibility that God wants to use the church even right now? 
to show the world who he is by how we react in these times. You know, if you've been to the store in the last couple of weeks, there's one word that can describe what you see. It's called hoarding. But this is an opportunity for the church, uh, those members of Jesus to reach out, to be givers, to check on neighbors, to call on, on church, to reach out in an act of giving. And you know, in most uh, situations, this will have, most situations that happen many times only affect a few people. This is affecting every single one of us, but we wanna go back uh, to the truth of God's word. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Paul just writes these words, but the word of God is not chained. The word of God is not chained. He is at work, even in this time. So um, Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6, let me get there in a minute. You know, we usually take time in our service to go through some announcements. Let me encourage you and you can find it on our website to do the daily Bible reading. Yesterday, of all days, we started in the book of Joshua. Of all books to read, even at this time of change, reading about Joshua, him meditating on the word, getting ready to cross over into the promised land, God wanted to first prepare him. The other thing that I'd ask you to do, if you would call or contact three people a day, phone call, text messages, uh, however you can. Check on people in this time. Call three people a day and do this. If you're, uh, if you're quarantined at home with your family, turn off the TV. You don't need to binge watch now. You know what? In your closet, there's probably some good old-fashioned board games. Get the board games out. Talk to one another, be with one another, and uh, use this time as a pause to re-engage with your family. All right, Psalm 23. Uh, I want to read this, verses one through six. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I'd encourage you to do this. I did this in my Bible first thing. I noticed through verses one through three, four times it says he, or what he, the Lord God, is going to do Two times in verse one and verses five, verses six, it says you. The reflection of David in the 23rd Psalm is not on him, his reflection is on the Lord. And as, as I like to do with scripture, I always try to figure out when did David pen this? In fact, remember, 
when we read this psalm, it was not only penned, but David sang to it, had a song. So as I went back and I began to look, the first thing that you're going to think of is David as a shepherd boy because it talks about green pastures. But when you read in verse uh, five, he uses the word enemies. I really don't believe as a young man, uh, he had any enemies, people. The only thing that he was battling as a young man, we read in the Bible, were lions and bears. This was probably written much later in David's life after he had matured. And quite possibly this was written, and you can look at it later, in 2 Samuel 15, when what was happening in David's life was his son Absalom was trying to take the kingdom away from David. He was doing everything in his power to try to remove the kingdom from his father's hand. There's actually another verse in Psalm 55 where David's confidant, David's counselor, one of the men that he trusts backstabbed David. In fact, the scripture says David's having a hard time thinking through this because he says, you were a man of my equal. We walked together as we worshiped and you did this. So I think quite possibly this could have been 2 Samuel 15, Psalm 55, one of the darker days for David, that David is now having reflecting on his being king of Israel and he'll stop and by the Holy Spirit pen these words having had to walk through these very situations. So I want you to listen to the 23rd Psalm again. Don't picture a boy with the sheep. I want you to picture a man that's going through unsettling times. And here's what the Holy Spirit pours out of him. Let me read it again. Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Let's all say that together. I think it's a great verse. Ready? I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let me stop and say the whole 23rd Psalm, let's sum it up, let's make it easy today for all of us in one verse. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let me say that again. This is, in fact, if you hear anything today, I want you to hear this one verse. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Would you allow that to be a personal word today? He is your shepherd, you shall not want. The sheep are always led 
and protected by the shepherd. We could say this, we are led by the Holy Spirit and we need to be listening to his voice even more in these days. We are being led and protected by the shepherd. You know, Psalm 95 verse seven puts us all into that category, doesn't it? It says this, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We're the sheep of his hand. David understood firsthand when he would use this reference as a shepherd, he understood firsthand the power of being a shepherd over sheep, and now he reflects it into being the sheep of his hand and the Lord protecting him. In an anxious and nervous world, we need to look to the shepherd. You know, I think of this, a God who personally knows me, over 7 billion people in the world today, and God knows everyone by their name and cares for everyone. You're not just a number. You're not a 7 billion to God. You were created in his image. You are so unique. Not another person has your markings, your fingerprints, and he knows you by name. You know, Psalm 100 verse three says this, know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Uh, It is he that has made us. We are not independent beings. We've been made by our creator We are his people, unique. We are, again, it references the sheep of his pastures. So these verses remind us we're all sheep. We're his sheep, the one that he's looking out and protecting. Now, uh, I do have to reference this. Sheep are not known as being the most intelligent animals. And I hope you don't take that as a bad thing today. Um, They are really defenseless and dependent, and they have to live by faith in the shepherd leading them. I'm so thankful that I have the shepherd, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ leading us, guiding us, doing that through his word. And in an anxious, again, and nervous world, we're going to follow the leading of the good shepherd. Uh, Back when we lived on the East Coast, and as I was serving on staff, at a church in South Carolina, the pastor decided to announce that we were gonna do a field trip instead of a staff meeting. Um, What we didn't know was the field trip wasn't going to a restaurant, wasn't going to some park to have a meeting. He was taking us to an active working sheep farm in South Carolina. Now, we didn't know where we were going, but about halfway there, after about an hour, we found out for the day we were going to a sheep farm and I don't think everybody, anybody was really excited about that day. But I remember pulling in uh, to the sheep farm and noticing there were these large dogs that were laying on their backs, sleeping in the sun, big dogs. In fact, the name of the dog was uh, Perennies, these big dogs. And that's the first thing I saw. Well, when the shepherd 
got a hold of our group, he began to take us around his farm and he talked to us about his routine day upon day. Every day he would make sure that his sheep were moved to a different pasture because in the different pastures that he had would be the fresh grasses. And he would move them to different lots every single day. He would move them to the different watering places every single day. He made sure that they had fresh grass to eat, that they had fresh water, and he watched over them. But at nighttime is when these dogs woke up, these perennies, these big old dogs that when we first saw, they were laying on their back sleeping. They looked completely worthless. At night, these dogs came alive. These dogs would stay with the sheep. These dogs at evening would begin to walk around the property or the pasture that the sheep were in and they would begin barking. The shepherd would tell us that bark was to let any predator know, any coyote, bobcat, uh, anything else that was living in the area that would want to feed on his sheep. This dog was going to be alert at night. And here's another thing this dog did. This dog would sleep in the middle of the sheep. He would lay down and the sheep would all come around and all night long they would lay right, right around that dog because they knew that the dog would protect them. You know, we left that day first going and thinking, uh, I really don't want to go to a sheep farm today. But leaving, getting a different picture of when we read these scriptures, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's the one leading us to pastures, to water. He is the one that's looking out after us and protecting us. Uh, We read in here that he provides for me. Will you make that personal today? All of us at this time are probably all wondering what's going to happen in our lives. Can we be rest assured to come back to the shepherd And as we read this verses, that he provides for me. When we look at what people are worried about today, can we encourage people, encourage ourselves that God provides for us? You know, the leaders of our world are humbled by what is taking place. No army or military can stop it. No law passed can defeat it. But here's what we know. We know who we can lean on in these times. Since God redeems all things, could it be that the Lord will use this time to realign our complete trust in him? Could the Lord be redeeming this time for us even to stop, slow down, reconnect with our family, He is a God that redeems all things. He is a God that provides for us. He restores my soul. The shepherd is the only one that can save the soul. The shepherd is our greatest spiritual need and we can be restored by him. When I read the Bible, I'm reading his promises and his promises remind me that I live under a covenant God that will do what he says to do. Isaiah 55, 
His word does not return to itself void, empty. It will accomplish what it's set to do. Reading his words, re-engaging with his Bible, allowing it be the spoken word to you. We read again in the 23rd Psalm, he guides me. You know, in these days, how is the Lord leading you? We read in Proverbs chapter three, verse six. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In all your ways, in all that you do, acknowledge him. Start your day out acknowledging him. When you hear reports that get posted or announced, acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. You know, as we do uh, all the time in the scripture and in our church, we have printed on everything Psalm 121, one and two, again, another Psalm of David. And I wanna read this again today because David, when he writes this, is not just looking for any hill. He's looking for the hill, Mount Moriah, where the Ark of the Covenant is, the very presence of God. He wants to strengthen himself seeing where Mount Moriah is. He wants to strengthen himself in the presence of the Lord. It's also a verse and a chapter that David has confidence and boldness when he prays. And let me read this to you. Psalm 121, one and two. I look to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. My prayer for you, for your family, for the opportunity that you get a chance to talk with coworkers, is that even in times where we're very unaware of everything happening, that you could be confident and that you can be bold in your God, that he has given you promises that you can go back and you can rely on, you can speak out. And here's what's important in all this is that none of us are alone in it. We have one another to encourage, as the Bible says, encourage one another in these things. In fact, before I pray, remember this about David, if you would. What we read from David, I believe, was instilled in him in the pasture as a young boy. All of these things that we read were lessons that he took as a young boy in the pasture. The confidence that he had when he faced Goliath wasn't just a confidence that he showed up as a cocky kid that day. He already had confidence because he saw what God did when he was a youth, when he took on a lion and he took on a bear. He was already a worshiper from being a youth. He was already forgotten about one time as he was a youth. But in that pasture time, in leading sheep, formed in him a picture that later he would write these things that he would attribute to what he was asked to do at that time, which was a lowly position, which was the servant of servants position. But he would now equate it and write that verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, 
He's going to take care of me. And so when he stands up against the giant, he's able to let the giant know that he is defiling the Lord God Almighty. In fact, I love what it says, because when David is going to take down Goliath, just before he does, he says the words, and all will know that there is a God. My prayer in these times is that people look up to him. Would you begin to be people that point people to God so that all will know that there is a God, that they've been created in his image? In fact, I'd like you to bow your heads with me if you would. In fact, I I, I want us, I want to say two prayers today. I'm going to have Michelle come up uh, here with me in just a minute. But I want to pray for those of you that might be watching or you may catch this later on. But Jesus has never, you've never made him the Lord of your life. And maybe you have many questions in the times and the days that we're living. Would you repeat this prayer that I pray right after me? In fact, much of it we read out of Romans 10, 9, and 10, which is the very first step that we want to take as believers, as Christians. In fact, pray this along, would you, with me? Dear God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he lived and that he died for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for bringing me into your family. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, it truly is the most important prayer. We would love it if you would reach out to us. If you prayed that for the first time, you may have also been rededicating yourself. Um, Would you reach out to us either through Facebook, through our website, so that we can also connect with you. So I want Michelle to come up. Uh, I want her to say something, and then we'll close together uh, in prayer. Good morning, church family. I uh, Usually at the end of service, I usually say, we love seeing your face. Until we can see your face, I will say we miss your face. We miss you. Um, it's unusual to be doing church like this, But as I was sitting watching it on the computer, seeing all of you logging in, it blessed my heart because I know we are, as we say every week, a family. We're just doing family differently. You know, as Walter was sharing about the shepherd, a word that came to mind, we've been hearing it so much on the news the last week, is uh, social distancing. I was reminded as he was teaching that the shepherd is never socially distant from us. He says, in fact, to draw near to him. You know, I wonder if this is the reset that we all need to draw near, draw so close. In fact, in verse four of Psalms 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How do we fear no evil? Because it says, for you are with me. He is not distant. He's with us. So whatever you are walking through during this time, be absolutely reminded you are not alone. 
You might feel isolated. You might feel like the four walls of your house are closing in. You are not alone. He is absolutely present to walk through this with you. And then if you jump down to verse five, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. I take that this morning as an invitation, an absolute invitation to join him at the table of your heart, the table in your home, to draw near to him. And what I read here is, you anoint my head with oil. When we draw near, when we come and we fellowship with him, there's anointing that takes place. Let this be the reset in your heart and in your life over the next few weeks as we walk this season out that God has fresh anointing for your life. My prayer is that he will reveal himself in ways that you have not known, that he will reveal himself to you in a way that inspires you to move outside the four walls of not only your home, but your church to minister to people in ways that you have not before so that they draw near to the one who created them. This morning, I got a message through Instagram from a gal that I've been ministering to, and she said, Michelle, this is really crazy times. And my response to her was, yes, they are crazy times, but make no mistake, there is only one that you can put your trust in, and he will never lead you astray, and that is Jesus. Put your trust where it belongs, and that's in Jesus. He will never lead you astray because the good shepherd never leads his sheep into pastures that are not safe. He loves you so much. We love you so much. We miss you today. And until we get to see your face, we miss your face. We love you. And remember this, church is not closed. Though we can't for the you know, uh, unforeseen time, we don't know, week to week, have open meetings, that doesn't mean that we're not meeting, that we're not connecting. Uh, You can connect with us through the church phone. Mm -hmm. You can connect online. Uh, We'll repost it again. You can text. But check, would you do it? Would you check on one another? Yes. It's so, so important these days. In fact, um, let me leave you with this. If at all you are giving, you can mail it in or the easiest way is go online. And we do this in our service. But when I was reading through, of course, this one verse really stuck out to me for all of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, in these times. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. Amen. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. And I think it's important, we read this prayer in our service, and I really felt like that it was a prayer that all of us should pray in these times because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, it's gonna come up on the screen behind me, and let's all read this together, but allow it to be a prayer in all of our hearts that we trust the Lord. We shall not want, he's our provider. It says this, As I give in today's offering, I have vision to see beyond my present circumstances, beyond my present problems or crises, beyond my needs and my desires. By faith, I see my God working on my behalf 
to open up doors that have been shut, to open up my mind to new ideas and my heart to new passions. I give today with great expectation for my God can do the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Again, please receive a hug from us all the way through the camera, wherever you're watching. We will keep you updated. We're working on a couple things to make it easier this week to uh, download notes, to download. We did a kids uh, coloring page and crossword puzzle. We sent out for kids worship. Uh, We were gonna play some worship, but we heard that we could get flagged uh, because certain things are not copyrighted. So as all of us are doing in these days, we're figuring these things out as we go, looking for other mediums to be able to reach out to encourage you. But would you, if you remembered anything today, would you remember this? The Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. God bless you. We'll talk soon.